When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is Faraz Sadiqi here with Zach Rizzuto. You know, we haven't recorded a podcast for a couple of days now, and it's because Zach has requested some time off after the Cowboys got smoked. Got smoked by the Packers. I didn't actually request time off. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it was a rough weekend. It's fine. You know, it's cool. Zach got so much more to look forward to. Yeah, you mentioned right before the show. He's trying to move on as quick as possible. You can already see it, guys. Um, Before the show started, Zach was just like, you know, we haven't recorded in a few days. Everyone's going to think it's because, you know, because the Cowboys got smoked and. You know, I needed some time off, and and I said, "Okay, you ready to start recording?" <laughs> of course, I had to lead off with that. Uh, hope yeah. everyone's doing well. Um, hope everybody's, um, you know, still feeling the 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 you know the fantasy championship juices. If you want it, you know, the, the, you know, you just got to make that feeling last as long as possible because we're not going to get uh, another fantasy season uh, for several months now. Okay, but we're going to be uh, talking about a lot of offseason stuff. You know, this, this, you know, we have a lot of things to talk about over the next couple of weeks, especially. First of all, a lot of these head coaches, right? They're going to be moving around. Okay, a lot of, um, a lot of big names on the move, potentially. All right, so we're going to be previewing the best head coaching candidates. We take shots at predicting where, where they're going to end up in this episode. Um, we're also going to be previewing the divisional round of the week of the playoffs. That's this weekend. So we'll be previewing those games. Okay. Um, but I just want to get into the, the coaching real quick, man. And and then we'll kind of take a dive into the games. Um, but before we do that, Zach, like, you know, the people need to know, man, how how are you doing? Like, like, are, are you, are you okay? It was a tough game. You know, the Cowboys did not bring it. Mike McCarthy. You know, he was in the hot seat for about two days, and then it was announced that yeah. he will remain the head coach for the Cowboys. How are you feeling? Okay, so in terms of fantasy football, Mike McCarthy being the coach is fine. I don't have a problem with that because he actually took Dak and made him a better quarterback. Granted, you know, he upped his play for the regular season. That obviously didn't translate into the postseason, but we haven't had postseason success from any Cowboys players you know, since the 90s. And I wasn't even around for that. So I can't even speak on what it's like to have that type of success. That's just how it is for me as a Cowboys fan. I'm fine. I'm at the point where I'm not expecting anything <laughs> from the Cowboys at all. You know, I thought last season I was numb because it's like, man, we just can't get past the 49ers. But now it's like we can't get past anybody. And at this point, I'm convinced it's just a Jerry Jones thing. As long as Jerry Jones is around, that's the real curse. And that's the bottom line. So me, I'm checked out at this point. I'm not going to believe anything until I see it from the Cowboys. But as far as fantasy football goes, like 
I'm fine with Mike McCarthy staying as a coach. You know what I'm saying? Dak Prescott's going to be fine. CeeDee Lamb's going to be fine. Dallas is going to continue to be a good regular season team, and that's really all we can ask for if we're talking about fantasy football. So I'm all in on the Cowboys still as far as fantasy football goes. I'm happy to take their players, you know, in fantasy football. But in terms of just regular, real life, are they going anywhere? You know, now it's I'm to the point where it's I got to see it to believe it. Yeah. Um, you know, when you said the words, I'm fine, like, I did not believe you at all. Like, while you were saying that, I just saw, I yeah. was just like, you know Don't what? Peel at the paint, Roz. It's not a good <laughs> paint job. Don't peel at the paint. <laughs> Dude, uh, you know, it is what it is, man. But, you know, Jordan Love, you know, looked pretty good, man. Like, you know, and it's it one of those things where now, you know, they went from Brett Favre, they drafted Aaron Rodgers before they got rid of Brett Favre, they drafted Jordan Love before they got rid of Aaron Rodgers. And of course, you know, we have to think that okay, well, is Jordan Love now their their quarterback moving forward? There's no doubt, no doubt that he's going to be their quarterback. You know, uh, for the foreseeable future at this point, you know, won them a playoff game against a, a very good team who plays extremely well at home over the past two seasons, uh, and uh, went into their house and just smoked them. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty good, man. I, I think Jordan Love has shown it. He, he like he, like you you mentioned multiple times. You know, those back back you know leg back foot throws that he you know off balance throws uh you know he Weird has a couple angles, of different yeah. weapons and i feel like every time we look up there's a different receiver leading them right like it could be Bo melton one day this week it was romeo dubs most weeks is Jaden reed dontavian wicks getting in on the action right and then he has a couple of rookie tight ends now going into their second year that you know look like they're going to be promising as well yeah like what was romeo dobbs doing having a legacy game against the Cowboys. like, And I'm not surprised because this happens in Dallas all the time. The Christian Watson breakout game was against the Cowboys how many years ago? Uh, last year it was in the regular season. We saw James Cook have his career day this season, you know, up in Buffalo against the Cowboys. It's just the way it goes, it seems like. So Romeo Dobbs, he pretty much, and for me, he kind of revived himself. He kept his fantasy value on life support because going into the playoffs, Romeo Dobbs was completely off my radar. I don't know if it was completely off your radar, but when you look around he the was. Packers receiving room, like you mentioned, you, you have Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Kraft, Dontavian Wicks, even Bo Melton, you know, like Aaron Jones had a good game against the Cowboys like he always does. Like there are all these different weapons suddenly, you know, coming in. It's like, where was there going to be room for R Romeo Dobbs? That was exactly the kind of game he needed to be on the fantasy radar going into the next season. I think he did that. So obviously he's still not going to be somebody that you're going to draft and be like, this is going to be wide receiver one, wide receiver two contention type player. But now he's like, well, we can actually look at him as a flex you know, because he's not completely phased out because he was actually a solid flex to start the season. He was scoring a lot of touchdowns. I believe he was third. He had the third most touchdowns. Uh, that's just based off my notes in my head. Um, he, like, he was one of the leaders in touchdowns for the first eight-ish weeks of the season. But then after that, we remember those last six weeks of the season, he just completely fell off, and that coincided with Jaden Reed coming on, with Dontavian Wicks, and Jordan Love increasing his level of play. So that kind of came out left field for me with Romeo Dobbs. I'm not overreacting to it, but I will say he's going to be on the fantasy radar now moving forward just because of that, just by virtue of that one performance. Don't draft Romeo Dobbs next year, guys. Okay, I don't care what Zach says. <laughs> don't draft him, okay? He, not worth he it. He is on... The radar, and when I say radar, I'm like still, you know, you I'm have still drafting Jaden Reed. I'm yeah, drafting Jaden Reed. I'm drafting Christian Watson. I'm drafting Dontavian Wicks. I'm dra drafting. Who knows who the Bo Melton Packers tight end? <laughs> who, who? No, I'm not. Who? Who? who I, I'm I'm curious to like to to see like first of all, do they draft another senior bowl wide receiver next year? But but second, um, who's going to be their starting tight end next year? 
right? I don't know who's going to be between Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. Um, you know, I was higher on Tucker Craft than I was Luke Musgrave, both rookies coming into the NFL. We'll see what happens. And with Tucker Craft, with the opportunity that he had after Luke Musgrave went down, he did some things. He looked good, right? So, yeah. uh, so we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Um, so that that was that was absolutely brutal, man. Absolutely brutal. Um, so yeah. you know, Jordan Love obviously had an amazing week. Um, you know, CJ Stroud had another. Basically, he had two must-win games, right? He had a must-win game in Week 18. He did the damn thing, right? Then first week yep. of the playoffs. Had a very good game as well. Uh, not as good of a game as Jordan Love, in my opinion, but you know, definitely was very, very good, right? To to win a to win the game with a perfect passer rating, you know, it, it, it says what you need to know, especially against a tough Cleveland defense, right? And just this entire Texans defense. Did you see that clip of of um uh who was it? The the Texans, I think it was D'Amico. Yeah, it was D'Amico Ryan's. I don't remember. If it wasn't the defense coordinator, I think it was D'Amico Ryan's who was telling his linebacker to stay in yep. a certain spot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, on defense. And this was Ryan. on the on the pick six, right? On one of the pick sixes, the second one, I think it was in the third quarter, where he said, Hey, there's you gotta stay in this spot. And then as soon as he throws the ball, you jump it. And that's literally what happened on that play. D'Amico Ryan's called it, and it was a pick six, which was unbelievable. So D'Amico yeah. Ryan's one of the, the best young head coaches that we're seeing right now. C.J. Stroud, one of the best young quarterbacks that, that's going to be in this league, potentially future MVP. We talked about it, you know, me and Zach. Um, You'll so hear more it's about gonna be, that. It, it, it's, yeah, yeah. We're going to have a post on that on Instagram today, uh, on Thursday. So, uh, you know, the Texans, you know, have a bright future. But listen, their season's not over, right? They're going up against the Ravens uh, in this game. Uh, and it's going to be an interesting game, man. I, I, I think the, the Texans – have a shot. Like, listen, if I had to pick a team to win, it's going to be the Ravens. Okay. They're hot. Mm-hmm. Lamar is doing his thing there. You know, this offense is, is, is moving along. The defense is playing well. I don't know if they're going to get Marlon Humphrey back, but Kyle Hamilton is looking like he's going to be back at this point. Mark Andrews practicing full yesterday. So he's going to be back. Um, you know, so, and you know, a little tidbit on Mark Andrews, you know, he's number one in yards per route run uh, against two high, safety coverage uh and that you know the texans run that at the fourth highest rate in the nfl um so this is a huge you know a huge return for him he could make an impact just in his first week back um and when i say yards per route run this is not among tight ends this is among all pass catchers you know who's number two tyreek hill tyreek hill's number two which is, sounds bonkers to me like when i think about it and i say that to myself yeah. and i look at the stats i'm like wait wait wait, what um but it's true so <laughs> he end. thrives against yeah. this type of defense um so he could end up you know doing his thing uh this week so um we'll we'll get into that game a little bit more uh in a little bit but i do want to talk about these uh these head coach vacancies and who we think is going to end up there um Top name. Let's go over the top names available real quick. Okay, so yeah. obviously you know Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel, probably the top two names, uh, at least with head coaching experience, right? Ben Johnson is the new hot offensive coordinator, likely turning head coach very very soon. He could have became a head coach last offseason, but he decided to stay with the Lions, and it led to some serious success. His offense was top five in yards both years as the OC for the Lions, top five in points both years this year the lions were top five in both rushing yards and passing yards top five in both rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns 
and he yeah. put in his dues in the NFL. Uh, he's been a coach or assistant in the NFL since 2012, and it was amazing for fantasy, obviously. Uh, and this is a tweet from Kyle uh, Borgannoni from the Fantasy Footballers, the only team since 2000 to have a top 10 fantasy quarterback, two top 12 fantasy running backs, a top five fantasy wide receiver, and a top five fantasy tight end. Okay. Um, now, my guess is that he ends up with the commanders. Okay. I, I don't think he wants, you know, I think the other rumblings is, is Carolina. Um, I, I, I don't think he wants part of that ownership. Like who does, right? No. Like we just saw <laughs> a fiasco, right? With, with Tepper the other day. Um, although I do think they're going to throw a huge bag his way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he turned them down last year. Uh, he did an in interview with them this year, but I think going him going to the commanders makes sense to me. They can grab a franchise quarterback at two, right? Worst case scenario is that they stick with Howell. Um, by the way, Howell like will put up video game numbers with Ben Johnson as OC if that ever happens, uh, and the weapons that they currently have. Uh, but I'd mm -hmm. imagine you know Ben Johnson would like his hand at one of these quarterbacks in this draft class. Yeah, I think that's 100% on the money. And the thing about the commanders is they have that number two pick where they can go get whoever they want, whoever Ben Johnson wants outside of number one. And who knows what's going to happen at number one? Like, could the Bears trade back? Like, whoever's going to be picking number one is obviously going to be taking a quarterback. But there are enough quarterbacks in this class that I think he'd be happy with any of them. You know, if he, unless he's really set on Caleb Williams, you know, I think he's going to have his pick at anyone else that he wants in a draft class. And then you also look at what the commanders have in terms of cap space. I forget what I was looking at. I think it was PFF. They do the um they do like a report on the amount of capital that you have in the offseason, offseason capital in terms of draft picks, you know, cap space, that kind of thing. The commanders are like the best spot. So if Ben Johnson, if I'm Ben Johnson, I'm looking at the commanders and I'm looking at the Panthers. You mentioned the ownership in Carolina. You're going to be pigeonholed with Bryce Young at quarterback, which, like I said, I'm not completely out on Bryce Young. I'm kind of giving him a mulligan here. Uh, I think that there is obviously opportunity there, but there's not a clear path to quick ascension like there is in Washington, where in Washington you have a quarterback who, you, like you mentioned, Sam Howell, you can succeed with him. If you don't want to go with Sam Howell and you draft somebody, you're going to be handpicking them. You get to decide who you're going to be working with. They have plenty of weapons already. Like If there's a spot where Ben Johnson can go and he's going to have the most success, like it, it's going to be Washington. As a Cowboys fan, it hurts me to say that. That's where he's probably going to end up. <laughs> I agree with you there. I don't think a couple extra million dollars is going to make a difference, you know, for him. If he's looking at Carolina and Washington, like it's going to be easier to go to Washington with that new ownership structure. They're looking to start something new. Obviously, Ron Rivera was a relic of past ownership. He's out. If Ben Johnson would go in, he could really build a foundation there. So I'm with you on on that one. That's the only sensible spot. If he goes anywhere else, there might be questions about like, okay. What was he really thinking? You know, is it really, you know, really? What? what why would you turn down Washington? I, I think that's the only logical place for him to go. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, I think the Chargers can be a possibility, although there's another head coach that I think might be better suited there. Um, maybe the Falcons, but the only thing with the Falcons is that, and we'll talk about it in, in, here in a sec. But like, you know, will they be able to grab that quarterback at eighth overall without the trade up? There's some questions there, right? Like, you, you don't want to end right. up having to stick with the guys that you have right now in your quarterback room, right? Like, I think that's whoever the <laughs> yeah. quarter, whoever the head coach is there uh, probably won't want to do that unless it's Arthur Smith and he's, we know that he's gone. Um, it's interesting because now if Ben Johnson takes over uh, in Washington, 
then Eric Bieniemy is most likely out uh, at OC, right? So right. he, you know, is trying to get a head coaching gig. That might not happen. He might have to settle for an OC gig somewhere else, right? So what happens there? Or does he end up in Carolina, right, as their head coach? Like, there's a lot of things that can ha- happen happen there. And I think Carolina is one of those franchises who might end up giving Bieniemy a shot at, 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 you know, at being a head coach because – He's had a lot of success, you know, under Andy Reid um, and the offense this year. You know, look at what Sam Howell was able to do in terms of putting up numbers. You know, that could be something that, you know, intrigues um, the management, the ownership in Carolina to say, like, okay, maybe he could, you know, help Bryce Young a little bit, right? So those will be some interesting uh, conversations. But, you know, I honestly don't know where Mike Vrabel is going to end up if it's not with the Raiders, like I know the players want Antonio Pierce, uh, but I think you know I think Vrabel's one of the better head coaches, you know, who have made more out of less with years of head coaching experience. He might be the better pick over AP. You know, uh, you know Max Crosby right. talking about him requesting a trade if AP isn't hired as their head coach. Uh, but like honestly, man, I, I don't see that happening if they end up with Vrabel because I think he might be as solid or even a better hire than Pierce. Right. So now if Ben Johnson doesn't go to the commanders right i think vrabel ends up being the front runner there right i i do think that would end up being the case because i think you know otherwise it's like waiters where's vrabel land all right um yeah i have another crazy one for you unless you do you have any crazy landing spots for vrabel because i have one i I don't have any crazy landing spots for vrabel i i think that the raiders make sense just because Mm -hmm. antonio like I love that Antonio Pierce came in and everyone rallied around him. Obviously, the Raiders love Antonio Pierce too. But you look at just the resumes, you know, side to side, who would you rather have? Like, I don't think it would be hard for Mike Vrabel to endear himself to the Raiders players. You know, I don't think, I think there might be a little bit of, oh, you know, maybe Max Crosby gets a little upset because Antonio Pierce isn't the head coach, but maybe he stays with the team, Antonio Pierce. And, you know, he had a couple of interviews as well. I think one of them was in Tennessee, which is funny. But, um, if and if uh, Mike Vrabel would go to Las Vegas, like I don't think it would be it would take too long for Mike Vrabel to be like, hey guys, like I'm here to coach you guys. They they would catch right on with him immediately, and they'd be like, yeah, Antonio Pierce is great, but so is Mike Vrabel. I don't think there would be too much tension there. So I think that seems yeah. like a logical landing spot. But he is like the wild card coaching spot because he wasn't supposed to be available this cycle. You know what right. I mean? Exactly. And like a lot of these teams who want that up and hump, up and coming like OC, you know, for example, or DC, you know, now it's like this throws a wrench into all that because now you have another besides Belichick. By the way, Belichick's like, is he like 73 years old or something like that? Like, isn't he 70? He's like two, something like that. Yeah. So he's pretty old. So it's like he needs to win right now. And, you know, now, but then you have the, this guy who's young relatively young and has head coaching experience and has had somewhat success as a head coach, you know, in terms of like doing better with less. Right. So it's going to get interesting here. Um, Now here's a crazy thing that I, I, I think this is a wild card. I think if the Eagles decide to move on from Nick Sirianni, I think Mike Vrabel could end up being a name to watch there. That is definitely a wild card spot, man. I didn't even consider that. And it it's really weird saying that Nick Sirianni's job could be on the line because he just went to the Super Bowl last year. But we know how Howie Roseman runs things. They did the same thing with Doug Peterson a couple of years ago. And and they and they, and they won it. Yeah, they won it. So they, 
with Nick Sirianni, like the collapse at the second half of the season, I think it falls more on the shoulders of the defense for the Eagles. You know, obviously things didn't really work out on the offensive side of the ball either, but they were doing enough offensively to win some some of the games. Like you put up 31 Except, points against well, the Cardinals. This, you're supposed not this to past win. game. <laughs> no, 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 not this past game. But this is after the wheels had fallen completely off. I mean, they could yeah. have had a division, I said, against the Cardinals. They put up 31 points on offense. Like you should win that game against the Cardinals, and they didn't because the defense was terrible. And then the same thing, they, they allowed almost 30 points against the Giants. That Giants game at the end of the season was terrible. They lost that one. But there were games where the offense did its thing. They were lifting, doing their part. They did enough to win. So I don't think Nick Sirianni is going to be fired. I think he's definitely on the hot seat just because he's in Philly. I think any other coach anywhere else would be held on to um, without question, but it's a question because it's Philly. I don't think that job's going to open up. But if Mike Vrabel would go there, I think that'd be a really good fit too because he'd go and reunite with A.J. Brown. And we know A.J. Brown. I don't know if you saw the whole controversy there. It was, you know, he took all the stuff down from his twi- on his Instagram and Twitter, all that stuff, you know, f- about being on the Eagles. Like maybe that would be a move where it's like he settles right back in. He's like, all right, here we go, 2024. And we don't know what's going to happen with A.J. Brown, obviously, yet. We don't know what that means. It might mean nothing. But that storyline is definitely there, like you mentioned, because Mike Vrabel, was visibly upset. He was definitely upset when the Titans traded away A.J. Brown. So that's an interesting little, you know, connection. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is an interesting connection. And, um, you know, it, that whole thing is, you know, I had to move Jalen Hurts down one spot in my dynasty rankings after that game. Um, <laughs> and it might have been <laughs> overreacting. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like because because for me, it was like between him and Josh Allen, right? Like those were like the top two for me. Um, yeah. And but now I'm realizing that Jalen Hurts is so, uh, you know, he's so uh, dependent on that tush push, you know, in terms of like that upside where Josh Allen, like regardless of any game, any situation, he can get it done for you. So I had to move him one spot below. Patrick Mahomes is obviously right there in that conversation as well. Obviously yeah. down year this year, but, you know, he, he'll bounce back. Uh, hopefully the Chiefs end up drafting or signing, you know, a good wide receiver this year. Yeah. That that would be great, but with the tush push you mentioned, I when I look at his game log, I, I see Jalen Hurts. I think the tush push is giving him the floor. That's what's keeping him from bottoming out. I mean, over the last five games of the season, he didn't go over two hundred yards in four of them. You yeah. know, there are games where he doesn't throw a whole lot of passing touchdowns. He only had one, two. He's not even three, he's not even running the ball more that much. Yeah, that's what I mean. So like that tush push is just delivering him the fantasy points every week. I think that's more of a floor at this point. Like if he was throwing three touchdowns a game. And, you know, rushing for 50, 60 yards a game, then it's like, okay, that tush push is the cherry on top. But right now it's like, that's all he has going for him as a fantasy quarterback. And it works when you do it two times a game, you get two rushing touchdowns like that. That'll give you a solid baseline. But the upside is, I don't think it's coming from that. <laughs> Josh Allen has the <laughs> upside you mentioned. On, on the ahead. two point conversion, when they failed the tush push, I was like, okay, got to move him down. It's not working anymore. We got to move him down. <laughs> Got to move Did him you down. See, it was it was like a face mask or something that they didn't call. I didn't see like that. I, didn't. I, I don't even I didn't see that. Yeah, so it's like I'm not sure. Maybe. I'm not sure if that's why he didn't get it though, because like he didn't get it on the first attempt, 
And then like right. I saw the face mask af- after, so yeah. like, I'm not sure if it was, you know. Another they thing did pull to him keep down in mind with yeah. the tush push is if Jason Kelsey would retire, obviously they said he was going to retire and then now it's like up in the air. Like, does that change the way you run the tush push? Like, can any center do Probably. it? Probably. Like, if, I don't know. You think so? Like, if That's the argument question. has been around the league, like, who's doing more for the tush push? Is it Jason Kelsey at center? Is it the whole interior D-line? Or is it Jalen Hurts, who can supposedly squat 600 pounds? We hear that argument all the time. It doesn't work anywhere else. So, like, if Jason Kelsey goes, like, and I, we're not going to hang, you know, the whole relevance. It's a variable, of, though. Of it's, it's, a, it's, a, it it's a key yeah. variable, I think. It could be the difference between 15 rushing touchdowns and eight rushing touchdowns in a season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That could make a difference, hundred percent. And you know, you know listen, I, I know we talked about him not. I talked about him not running as much too. Um, I think that makes a big difference. But also, you know, we he did he did have that knee injury that he hasn't talked much about. He's kind of been hush hush about it. He's the type of guy who doesn't make excuses. But you know, kind of got to keep that in mind too. Maybe he'll run, he he would run more. You know, if he didn't have that, it seems like he had a knee sprain. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, it, it must have been like an MCL or something like that. Um, but you know. Didn't it we see something like now, that the year before? Because he, he picked up some injury so. against the Bears. It, it was and an then ankle. He didn't run I, think, yeah. I think it was an ankle like the, the, the year before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they never exactly. said anything official about it. They just said he's, right. he might be dealing with something. And we saw that happen. Yep. So it's like, it is just the way Jalen Hurts is. Like, he's not going to say anything. But we, we've seen yep. this happen before. So it's not that sure. surprising, but still, something to keep in mind. Exactly. Now, when it comes to Bill Belichick, you know, I think going to the Falcons makes sense to me because stable ownership, yeah, you know, they, they, they want to win now. I know, right? They want to win now, uh, but they will have to address the quarterback situation, right? And the question for me is this. Does Belichick, you know, want to groom a young quarterback? You know, does he want to go to a situation that, you know, already has a quarterback position stable? You know, you look at the commanders, right? The commanders is a situation. And by the way, he's going in for a second interview with the Falcons. Um, that just got reported this morning. So that this could be a, I, I don't know if any other thing. team, I don't know if any other team has interviewed him yet. I think it was just the Falcons. I don't, I don't point. think so, they have. Yeah. There the could be requests in, but I don't think any other team actually interviewed him. So now he's going to his second interview for his only interview. So this could happen. Um, but you look at the chargers, they have Justin Herbert, right? That's obviously a, a nice, a nice spot. I do think the Falcons roster is a very underrated roster that could win now with a good quarterback. So yeah, what happens? Like, where do they get a quarterback from? I think that's going to be part of the discussions. Are they open to train trading up? That's part of the discussions, right? And like, I think that's what they're going to have to do. Uh, can they get a quarterback at eight? Yes. Will it be the quarterback that they really want? Maybe not. So, I, so that's right. that. Um, can they can they bring in another quarterback from somewhere else? If Sam Howell you know, ends up being available. Does that happen? You know, like there's, there's a few different things. If he goes to the commanders, you know, they end up getting, you know, Drake may, if Caleb Williams got, gets taken number one overall, does that happen? Are they cool with Maybe they bring in Justin Fields, right? Like there's yeah. a few different things that can happen on the Falcons for, for the bill Belichick, but that's going to be key, I think. And that's going to be part of their, I'm sure they're going to be talking about that now. Um, yeah. The Chargers I, job. I do, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to, on the Falcons, you know, Bill Belichick, you talked about yeah. how he's 72, 71, 73, somewhere in there, 70 something. You know, the point he's at in his career is definitely the twilight at this point. I don't think he wants to go groom a, a rookie quarterback. I don't think he wants to bring somebody in. I think he wants to win now. If he's looking at the Falcons roster the way you're looking at it as underrated, and he said, you know, pl- very talented roster. He said it himself. He wants to go to a place with very talented roster that hasn't had a whole lot of success. Sounds a lot like the Falcons. 
Like what would happen? And we know Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent. He's coming off of that injury. But Kirk Cousins would make a lot of sense to make a quick run this season. You know what I mean? The talent is there around him. Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, they can handle the bulk of the low while he's getting right from that injury. You know, they'll run the ball, obviously. Then you also have Drake London and Kyle Pitts in the offense. The offensive line is good. I, I think it's a possibility there. Like, it would make a lot of sense for Kirk Cousins to go there because if they're in playoff contention by week 13, 14, you know, Kirk Cousins could be getting back to 100%. It makes a lot of sense with where Bill Belichick is at his career. So I think that would be a really nice spot. And we'd be talking about if Kirk Cousins goes to Atlanta, like what would we be talking about? Drake London, Kyle Pitts, like we'd be talking about them pretty highly because we saw what Kirk Cousins was able to do with TJ Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson. And I don't want to compare Drake London and Justin, Je Justin Jefferson, but still they're both very talented and he'd certainly be a lot more viable in fantasy than he was last season with Desmond Ritter. That's the way I look at Bill Belichick to the Falcons. I think that makes the most sense. I think they're going to depend a lot on that, that might be the, you know their top option if they don't want to go draft somebody. Hundred um, percent. Those are great points, and, and I think this this seems like what's going to happen. Like it seems like Belichick. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see another really real situation where he ends up in another spot. Um, you know, maybe the Commanders, maybe the Chargers. I do think that the Chargers job. I think that's where Jim Harbaugh Jim Harbaugh is going to end up. You know, he he already interviewed with them. Uh, I, you know, he had, they have a good quarterback, obviously. So I think that's the situation where, you know, that's where he returns to the NFL. Like I can see that happening. Um, yeah. and you know, we mentioned Belichick already interviewing with the Falcons. Um, Dan Quinn, you know, another veteran head coach who could end up somewhere as a head coach. Um, Seahawks made a lot of sense. You know, he, he was their defensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl. He could make a return. I, I know you're a huge fan uh, of Dan Quinn, uh, Zach, especially after this past weekend. Listen, <laughs> it's not that I don't like Dan Quinn. It's just for some reason, uh, he felt like against the Packers, we're going to change everything we've been doing all season. And he went to a completely different game script. So I'm not going to take away from the body work of what he's done. He's made the Cowboys defense very good. But that was a tough game in a big spot. So I'm not out on mm -hmm. Dan Quinn. You know, I'm okay if he stays. I, I don't care, but it's like, if he wants to go to Seattle, like I'm not going to be, you know, clinging on to him. It's like, go ahead, go to Seattle, see how it works. Was he the coach? Was he the coach the when the Falcons, um, like when the Patriots came back against the Falcons in the Super Bowl? Yes. Mm -hmm. That was him. Mm. Yeah. It's the... like a little, looks like a theme. Looks like a theme here, but he was also <laughs> the defensive coordinator of the Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl. So he has right. some success. But uh, yeah, there's a storyline there about Dan Quinn versus the Shanahan tree offense. You know, any of yes. those guys, like yes. that kind of thing where it's like anytime he goes up against any of the Shanahan guys, his defense just gets exposed. I mean, we saw yes. it against the 49ers. We saw it with the Packers, Matt LaFleur, like, ugh. like it's a, it's a tough storyline. It's funny. It checks out pretty much everywhere you look. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's interesting. There's definitely like lingering effects right there because Shanahan was the offensive coordinator that year, right? Yes, he, he was, was offensive coordinator, coordinator for Dan yep. Quinn in Atlanta. So it's like he just can't get away from that at this point. That meltdown just like <laughs> I don't know, he just goes, he reverts back to the Super Bowl where he allows all those points. And, and it's crazy. weird because he went up against them like in practice every day. So yeah. he should know what they're know. doing, but I don't exactly. know. <laughs> All right. There's anyway. no explanation. Um, a couple of other offensive minds that could end up with head coaching gigs. Uh, Frank Smith, offensive coordinator under Mike McDaniel the last two seasons uh, in Miami. Uh, he was the Chargers run game coordinator and offensive line coach uh, before that for a season. 
Uh, you have Brian Callahan, who's OC for the Bengals for the last five seasons under Zach Taylor. Uh, he's been a hot name. Um, I'm not sure how much I would love that if I was a fan of whatever team hires him. Mike Kafka, um, he is the OC mm. for the Giants. Um, but here's the thing with here's the intrigue with Kafka. He helped he helped develop Josh Allen. He helped develop Patrick Mahomes, and then he attempted to help Daniel Jones um, develop. Um, so that that's the intrigue with Kafka. So I understand the intrigue there. Um, that's why the Giants brought him, right? Brought him on. Um, unfortunately, right. we couldn't see much out of Daniel Jones this year, um, so we don't really know. It, it would be hard to tell. Like I wouldn't have been surprised if Daniel Jones had a good fantasy season. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, well, if a team has a young quarterback that needs developing, like if you were the Panthers right now, wouldn't you be interested in Mike Kafka? Right, because your quarterback desperately needs someone to help him, someone to develop. You know, maybe not as a head coach, but maybe bring him on. You know, as an OC. Just on you know, the if staff, you could offer yeah. him, offer him some more money. Right. Um, I'm not. Who knows? Like we've heard some horror stories. You know, with uh, the Giants head coach Brian Dable, in terms of like, you know, guys not wanting to work for him. I don't know how much truth there is to that. Obviously, you know, Wink Martindale did not have a pleasant exit there um and there's been a lot of rumors coming out of the giants you know staff that you know he's not great to work for so maybe kafka's like you know what i'm good i'm gonna go elsewhere um and maybe he ends up joining someone like the panthers for some more money who knows i'm gonna make an asinine point here but daniel jones josh allen patrick mahomes all these big body quarterbacks versus bryce young (laughs) <laughs> completely asinine <laughs> point but that would be uncharted territory for mike kafka you know this is a guy like true, I, true. I don't want to doubt i, I like it i know the conversation about around bryce young is always size first they everyone talks about that but it's just like that's just something it would be a little different because i don't think we're, they're going to be looking to run bryce young out like a daniel jones or a josh allen well, they literally, like, I, think, I mean they've been pulling him out on qb sneaks <laughs> which exactly is not funny. Like, <laughs> that's what that's that's what like if you if you want to prevent that whole narrative of size being an issue, you know, the last thing you should do is pull out your quarterback on a QB sneak. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? If Figure anything, he's a smaller quarterback. Just put the guys behind him, run the tush push. He should be easier to push. It's, and called, the sneak, the it's called the sneak for a reason. Like exactly. he could be sneaky. He's a sneaky right. quarterback. Like you know when, I mean? when Josh Allen runs a quarterback sneak, it's a quarterback bull. Like he just exactly. bull rushes forward. There's like, nothing sneaky sneak, about it. Yeah, yeah, you're sneaking with Bryce Young, and I think that could work. You know, in theory, on paper, it seems like it would make sense. Obviously, they see it a different way; they've been running it different. But at that point, just I'm thinking about it's like that would be uncharted territory for Mike Kafka, and I'd be interested. I would be interested to see how that goes if he would wind up in Carolina. A couple of other offensive names here: Bobby Slowick, who's the offensive coordinator for the Texans. Um, I can totally understand why people are intrigued there. And Dave Canales, the offensive coordinator for the Bucks, who is who's literally, you know, this offense. You know, we didn't expect a whole lot out of it this year, right? And and yeah. Canales is doing his thing. We knew we thought we knew who Baker was. Baker has looked better than he has his entire career this year. Um, and in the games that mattered, Canales has been calling good games. Right. And I, I can see it. I can, t- I can see Dave Canales leading a team. I can. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, is he, um, is he like the top of the top? I don't think so. Um, but I think, I think he can get it done. So that's going to be interesting to see if he ends up getting some, some more interviews and, you know, if he ends up getting an offer, you know, we'll yeah. see. I'm not sure. Question, though. 
If you had to choose, though, who, where do you think the Panthers would land? Who do you think the Panthers would land? Because I think that's the most interesting spot for me. Because it's it like, is. who the hell wants that job? Okay, <laughs> who has a little? Who has any faith in Bryce Young? And it has to be one of these offensive guys, right? Like Canales has to get the bag. Slowick has to get the bag. It mm-hmm. has to be one of those guys. Yeah, it, it's much less for me. I, I don't think it's as much about Bryce Young as it is, you know, like you mentioned, the management and top and uh, the admin just the ownership like all that like i think that's the main thing that would be pushing people away i don't think it's bryce young but with bobby slow you mentioned bobby slow he'd be a great candidate but i don't know how much he really wants like do you think he's going to want to go away from what they're they have going on in houston with cj stroud like i don't know like he might want to tie himself to cj stroud just a year or two more you know i'm not sure he wants to get run away from that and obviously i don't have like ears or anything in houston right now i I don't have any insiders like that but i'm just gonna say like if i were bobby slowick i'd be looking at like cj stroud i could really tether myself to him for a year or two here yet if he ends up being really good that's gonna pay dividends down the line where right now obviously he's in demand but i think he could really just appreciate his own value by staying in houston so with him I don't think he's going to be available. Very uh, definitely not moving from CJ Stroud to Bryce Young, who were drafted back to back next to each other. I, I just don't see that happening. So I'm looking down the list of the other guys. Like you want it to be an offensive mind. Like Todd Monken isn't leaving anywhere. Like I, I'm not really sure who would go there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, so like, me, me personally, I'm I, I'm looking at Frank Smith. You know, from the mm-hmm. Dolphins. You know, I can see that happening. Like. Frank Smith is not necessarily like he's definitely getting interviews, right? But he's not the hottest name out there. So when you take a guy who might not have gotten get a job somewhere else and then you throw the bag at him, he might end up leaving Mike McDaniel and going there and then, you know, kind of starting new and everything is under and everything is there. He picks his own staff, all that, all that power, um, you know, can be intriguing for Mm -hmm. someone like Frank Smith. Uh, Another name. I don't know. Did I think I saw a report that the Panthers were interviewing Brian Johnson, who was the Eagles' offensive yep. coordinator? Like maybe that makes sense because there's already a coaching catastrophe happening in Philly right now. Like there might be a small purge there because neither of those coordinators really showed up. Like I don't know who the like why the Panthers would go for him if anybody, especially the way that his offense fell apart a little bit. And like I said, it wasn't as much on the offense as it was the defense with the Eagles. But like maybe that's an option because you know both sides are kind of maybe desperate, especially if. You know, Brian Johnson would be out of a job. Like, I don't know how attractive it's going to be. And this is a whole discussion surrounding the Panthers' job. It's not going to be that attractive. Who would go there? I think he could be a name that I could see going there. And I'm, I'm not sure it would go very well, but I, I could see it kind of settling that way while they're still looking for another guy. I could see it. So it's going to be interesting. You know, for the next couple of days, we're going to, you know, get some names probably drop in. Bill Belichick, by the way, the CEO of the Falcons and the GM of the Falcons are also in that second meeting along with owner Arthur Blank um, with Belichick today. So we could see some news as soon as today. That'll be interesting. We could definitely see it happen. Um, I I do want to dive into a couple of these games for this weekend. A couple of games, you know, a couple, the three of the four games are rematches from, you know, sometime this season, right? Um, right? The Bucks Lions played each other. In the middle of October, week six, the t- Ravens Texans played week one, uh, and then you have the Chiefs Bills played uh, just about a month ago, right? Um, and mm-hmm. you know we talked a little bit about the Ravens Texans. There are a couple interesting thing th- things there. You know, both Lamar and CJ Stroud, you know, they've been playing pretty well this year. One one thing to note on Lamar Jackson, 
Um, you know, the Texans, like I mentioned, they do play two high safeties at a, a very high rate, the fourth highest rate in the NFL. Um, but, you know, one thing to note is that Lamar does end up, if you're looking at any props for Lamar or anything like that, one, one thing to note is that Lamar uh, usually throws the ball way less against too high. And when he does, it's for less yards um, opposed to single high or other coverages. So just keep that in mind. Um, and, you know, like his yards per attempt goes way down, 8.84 versus 7.72. Um, his passer rating is a lot higher against single high as well. Uh, so keep that in mind. But it's not like he plays shitty against too high or anything like that. Okay. So, but I just want to let, right. let you guys know that, you know, if you were, if you wanted to take the overs here um, for Lamar Jackson, something to keep in mind. I did talk about, you know, Mark Andrews. He is somebody who has a great matchup this week. So I think that, you know, if you were going to go overs on anybody, did you look at what the underlog, underdog line is on Mark Andrews this weekend, Zach? Did I look at the Mark Andrews line? That wasn't one of the ones that popped out to me. I could check it right now. I'm not but, sure um, if they even posted exactly it. What it was because I don't think he it's just there. He just he he just got. Yeah, I'm the, looking um, at it now. Yeah, it's just, not here. Yeah, yeah they right. only have yeah, Isaiah Likely. I see it there. So that's probably going to pop up, guys. I my guess on Mark Andrews is going to be somewhere around like 52, like something like that. I think that's yeah, where his line is going to be. Maybe 49, something like that. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. Okay, um, I, I just like, you know, because of the fact that he thrives against too high and, you know, I think Lamar Jackson desperately wants him back and I think he's going to do okay, especially getting after getting that full practice. Um, yeah. I think the line's going to be d- depressed a little bit because of the fact that it's his first game back as well. So, uh, and Isaiah Likely has been doing this thing too. Maybe people think that Likely is going to be very, very involved still. Not sure that's going to be the case. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, um, I don't yeah. think Lamar is desperately needing Mark Andrews back. He's been doing things very good with Isaiah Likely, but, you know, desperately wanting him back. I know the words you use was desperately wanting. Yes, he's definitely his go-to guy, Mark Andrews, when Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball. So getting him back for the first playoff game, I could definitely see him being leaned on heavily in that one. Um, yeah, that that those are yeah. the lines pretty much I was looking at. too. I, I didn't see Mark Andrews, but that one makes sense. If it is around that 50-some yards, I think I would take the higher. I also have Gus Edwards going over. Uh, half a scrimmage touchdown. That's one of those scorchers that they have. And I, I just thought it was interesting because I'm looking at it because the Texans are inside the top 12 for the most touchdowns allowed to running backs this season. And he scored a touchdown eight of his last 11 games. He has monopolized the goal line touches this season. Justice Hill had one in week 12 since week seven then. Otherwise, it's just been Gus Edwards with every single goal line carry. So some something to keep an eye on. I know if you want to put a scorcher in, they're pretty cool. You know, the way that they multiply your winnings, that kind of thing. If, if you want to put a scorcher in, that's one of the ones that I was looking at because I think if it's leaning anyway, it's going to be in Baltimore's favor. That could make a positive game script. Just something I was looking at. Yeah, and with these scorchers, that's the reason why you can end up winning a hundred times uh, what you end up wagering over on Underdog Fantasy. You know, you you hit on a bunch of these entries, you put in some entries into a a one pick'em slip, and you throw that pick'em slip in. You know, if you listen, a hundred x that's a lot of money right there. Okay, yeah. uh, and you could double your first deposit. Use code Upper Hand, and your first deposit gets doubled up to one hundred dollars. Um, and you know, there's going to be a bunch of promos for new users this week. Whereas, you know, one of those five picks that you put in, let's say you want to put five picks for a chance to win 20 X, 30 X, hundred X. One of those picks is g- are going to be taken care of. All right. For all new users. So make sure you join before, uh, before the weekend starts code upper hand underdogfantasy.com. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. 
Um, a couple more things on this Ravens game. Marlon Humphrey, he hasn't played since week 17 with a calf injury. He hasn't practiced on Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay, keep that in mind. He also didn't play in week one. He wasn't there for that matchup. Cal Hamilton likely back. That's a huge boost to the Ravens defense. Um, now, the, Texan, the Ravens are probably going to keep everything in front of them, but I do think that there's a chance that Devin Singletary ends up doing his thing in this game because the Ravens, you know, they're giving up. You know, some like when the when teams are dedicated to the run, when the games have been close, teams have been able to run uh, against the Ravens. Okay, um, they're I think they're, they're bottom five in in uh, in rushing yards allowed per attempt to running backs. So that might be surprising to a lot of people because the Ravens don't allow Maybe. a lot of rushing yards total to teams to, to other running backs. But that's because usually the case is that. You know, teams aren't up or in neutral game scripts against the Ravens this year. So we haven't right. seen a whole lot of that. Uh, but I think now that Devin Singletary, they found Devin Singletary in the run game. They didn't have that in their first, you know, their week one matchup. Remember, um, it was Damian Pierce was still the lead back there. And he hasn't been effective all year long. Now they have an effective back. We could see Devin Singletary having a big game here. Uh, if it stays close, the Ravens are still nine and a half point favorites, right? So, you know, Vegas yeah. doesn't think that's going to be the case. Um, do you think that this game can be a little closer than that, Zach? I think it definitely can be. I mean, we've seen CJ Stroud in games where, you know, it's all it's it's all or nothing. All the chips are on the table. And those two games, that was week 18 against the Colts and week 19, which you would call a wild card, which is last week. He's thrown five touchdowns, no picks. He's looked completely under control. Like, that's what it's going to come down to. It's whether CJ Stroud can keep the the Texans offense in the game. You know, I don't have concerns about the Ravens offense staying on schedule. They might have a little issue, like you mentioned, with the Texans playing too high. Big whoop. That's not going to change the game. If they put up 24, 27 points, they can do that uh, against oh, yeah. uh, double, what's it called? two safety, single high. It doesn't matter, whatever it is. You know, they're, they're, I don't have any concerns about them. It's going to be, can the Texans keep up against the Ravens defense? That's very good. And, you know, like you mentioned, leaning on the run game might be a big part of that. If they can do that, I think it can be close. I don't think there's any situation where the Texans get blown out, but it might be one of those games where it's close through the third quarter and then things kind of separate, you know, in the fourth quarter once the Ravens kind of have things under control. But I think the Texans have a shot, 100%. I'm not writing them off at all. OBJ has a line of 30 and a half. That should be interesting. We have uh, his podcast on our friend Jack Settlement's podcast. Really, really good interview. I thought it was. I thought it was really, really well done. Um, go check it out, guys, if you can. Um, let's move on to the Chiefs Bills. Obviously, you know this is going to be another classic, right? Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. This, this is the type of stuff you'd like to see. This is what classics mm-hmm. are made of. Okay, now neither offense is like an exciting offense to watch. I do like watching Josh Allen like in these big games because, like, you know, he's just he gets you excited, right? He runs for those first downs when he desperately needs them. Patrick Mahomes, we'll see. We'll see if, if we can make this game a little bit more exciting. Um, this is going to be Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game, which is crazy to think about. Like, he's mm-hmm. always had home playoff games. This is his first one, okay? Um, the game earlier this year, uh, that was in Kansas. Was that in Kansas City? I think that – no, that was in Buffalo. In Kansas – no, that was in Kansas City. No, it was City in Kansas City. And Buffalo, it was. And Buffalo ended up getting the win uh, there. That, that was the Kadarius-Tony game. Right, yeah. that offsides, that <laughs> offsides call. Um, that wonderful call. Now, 
Yeah, and and you look at Lejarius Need. You know, he's playing this game. I would not expect a big game out of Stefan Diggs, right? Like Sneed and that defense, they've been shutting down number one wide receivers this year. Uh, and in Sneed's coverage, Diggs had zero catches for zero yards in this last game. Okay, so and he did shadow him on sixty five percent of his routes. I can ex- you can right. expect something like that. I would expect him to be on Diggs on hundred percent of his perimeter routes in this game. It's not going to be looking pretty for Stefan Diggs in this one. No, it's not. But that's not going to change the way I view like Josh Allen or anything like that. Like playoff Josh Allen has more and more often than not. And let's just say he has more games than he doesn't with three or more touchdowns total in a game in the playoffs. Like he, you remember, I think it was one or two years ago. I forget what it was. I think it was that game. It was the year that Gabe Davis had that huge game. He had five and four touchdowns in two games, and then he has three touchdowns. I think he had four total touchdowns in this past game. Playoff Josh Allen's a different animal, so I'm not betting against him. I, I didn't. I think the line for his passing touchdowns is one and a half. I'd be inclined to maybe take the over anyway, just because the Bills are at home. I think the Bills, the Chiefs have been the Bills kryptonite in the playoffs, but I think now that they're at home, I think that could change a little bit. Regardless, like you mentioned, if this is going to be a classic, like I think this can be a high-scoring game, higher-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be one of those games like the divisional round two years ago, but especially with the way the Chiefs offense is playing. But I think they definitely have a shot to make this, you know, another, you know, shootout type game where it's like the last person with the ball is going to win. I like Josh Allen in this game. That's not going to change the way I view Josh Allen if, you know, we know LeJerry Sneeze playing his best ball. And I think we can kind of expect that. Yeah, I like James Cook too, man. 62 and a half rushing yards is his line on underdog. I'll take the higher on that. Um, you know, he couldn't be stopped last in, in the last game, right? Five for 83 right. receiving and the touchdown. He had 10 for 58 on the ground. I think since then they've leaned on James Cook a little bit more in the ground game. If this game is going to be close, which we think it is, or the bills go up, I think Cook is going to get a lot of work. Um, the Chiefs are allowing the fifth most yards per carry to running backs, you know, through this past game. So I think it's a matchup to take advantage of. Um you know, and um, also on the other side, the Chiefs didn't have Isaiah Pacheco the first time around, right? That's going to be interesting. Right. The Chiefs also didn't have Donovan Smith, their starting left tackle, in this first game, right? Where the Chiefs just barely lost. They could have won the game if they, you know, if if uh, if there was no offsides penalty there on that last play. Hmm. I think that so, extra couple of inches offsides. I think that's what got him in position for that lateral. You know, what I'm <laughs> that right, really gave exactly, him advantage exactly. there. <laughs> exactly exactly so pacheco's back you know i think that makes a difference for sure because they, they will have a ground game to counter to you know it doesn't have to all fall on patrick mahomes shoulders so that'll be interesting um you know rice did his thing in that game kelsey did his thing in that game uh the the earlier matchup so you know the things will be interesting we haven't seen mahomes in the, in the on the road in the playoffs though so this will be a first um yeah. the bucks lions they played each other uh, in week six, that was in Tampa. This week, they're in a dome in Detroit. Uh, Detroit's given up the most receiving yards to wide receivers per game this year. The third most touchdowns to them. The fifth most receptions to wide receivers. Pretty bad. And on the other mm-hmm. side, a similar thing with the Bucks. The Bucks are giving up the fourth most receiving yards to wide receivers. The eighth most receptions. Uh, two tough run defenses. So I think this game is going to be through the air, man. It's going to be a, a air raid type of game on both sides you know we saw last week right uh what did what did they do like they they mostly went through the air baker mayfield was able to you know do his thing through the air for the most part right rashad white 
you know, didn't really do his thing. Um, you know, we saw the Rams, obviously, you know, even them, you know, a team that, you know, does very well on the ground. They couldn't really get things going against the Lions, right? They had to air it mm-hmm. out. And I think that's something that um, we will see in this game. Um, I think Tampa has arguably, arguably been the worst team against slot wide receivers all year long. You know, I think Amon Ra's going to eat. What's Amon Ra's line at here? I think it was like 92. Nine, like oof, 90 and a half yards. Ooh, ooh, baby. Yeah. Listen, that's, that's listen, up there. Listen. If we're going to, if we're going to have, if we're going to say like, hey, is Amon Ra going to get 100 yards receiving in this game or not? I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to do it. Okay? Yeah. They've Would allowed you be more inclined expect- to say higher or lower, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think higher. I'm going to go higher there. They've allowed the second most receiving. The Bucks have allowed the second most receiving yards to slot wide receivers, the fourth most completions to slot wide receivers, and the sixth most touchdowns to slot wide receivers this year. Okay, so I think it's going to happen. Sam Laporta, yeah. what? What? Uh, can you look up his line in the meantime too? Because yeah. Tampa has allowed the third most receptions to tight ends, the fourth most receiving yards per game to tight ends, and their bottom ten in touchdowns given up to the position as well. So they just updated it, it looks like, because it was grayed out a little bit. Last one is mm-hmm. it's at 39 and a half receiving yards, four receptions. So he needs five hey. receptions. Hey, I think he could do it. I think he could do it, Zach. Even the I touchdowns. Think do it I too. think touchdowns could be there too because there's an over-under on his touchdown prop as well. Does he score a touchdown or not? Is there? I think. I, think, I, yeah, I, I see two I picks see for him right now. I don't, I don't see the touchdown one. That's I see uh, over higher lower on four receptions. I see higher lower 39 and a half receiving yards. And I see uh, higher. Actually, it's a scorcher. If he scores a touchdown okay, I don't one see and a half scorch. time. Yeah. yeah, I see a scorcher here. One and a half times. Uh-oh. Maybe we go Sam. I don't think, that, I don't think that one's as crazy. I think I would look more at the touchdown, you know, than I scorcher. did like, any of the receiving yards or anything like that. They're calling that one a scorcher. I don't know. Sam LaPorter scored a lot of touchdowns. So yeah, and the Bucks have given up a lot too. Yeah. And just just piggybacking off of that, another one that I was looking yeah. at um before we move on to the next game. If we're gonna go with this air raid idea, I think Baker Mayfield higher than two fifty-three makes sense too. They're allowing the third most the Lions are allowing third most passing yards quarterbacks this season. They were just torched by Matthew Stafford, like you mentioned, three hundred sixty-seven yards last week. Mayfield came out swinging with three hundred thirty-seven yards last week. Granted, that was the Eagles defense, but both of them are bad defenses. And you know, if the game's gonna go anyway. I think it would swing in the Lions' favor, and then that would just require a lot of throwing from Baker Mayfield if the Bucks would go down. If it would end up being very negative, like we saw Dak Prescott get a ton of yards in garbage time. In the playoffs, it doesn't matter. You're just going to be slinging it downfield. Like I don't think there's really a situation where Baker Mayfield doesn't have to be throwing the ball. So I think 253 is very well in reach, and I think he could exceed that pretty well, especially if the game's close. So that was another one I was kind of looking at and liking. There's a lot to like about the passing attack in this game for both sides, like you mentioned. What about the Packers 49ers, man? How, how do you see this game playing out? I would love to say oh, the Packers give them a solid run for their money. I don't, th- I don't think the 49ers are as bulletproof as a lot of people might think they are, but I think they're bulletproof against a bad team. Where Dallas doesn't take care of a bad team, the 49ers will. I don't th- I'm not saying the Packers are a bad team, but you talk about where they're coming from. I just don't see the Packers you know, keeping this one close till the end of the game. It might be competitive in between. There might be a point in the game where it's like 13 to 24 in the third quarter and the Packers have a ball, have the ball. They need to drive to score a touchdown to keep themselves in it, and they don't. And then eventually the 49ers pull away. The way I see the game script going, I think the 49ers are going to just kind of be in control the whole time. It might get a little interesting, but I, I don't see a whole lot here. And the reason, and the thing is, I don't really know what's going to happen. 
I don't have a whole lot of picks that I like in this one. I don't trust Jordan Love's performance against the Cowboys, but I also kind of want to buy into it a little bit. If I'm putting together a card, this is one of the games I'm kind of avoiding. If, if, if I'm going to be putting money on it, like I, I can go out and make calls just like say Jordan Love's going to have a good game, but I don't want to put any money on it. You know what I'm saying? How, how about there are plenty of other games? I'll, I'll put some money on something. How about over 92 and a half rushing yards for Christian McCaffrey? I could do that. Okay. I could do okay. that. Yeah, I you see know? that. I, I kind of like that one because the Packers have been bad against the run, against the running backs. Christian McCaffrey, we know he's efficient. He's going to get it done. He's, he, I think he's well-rested. Obviously, he had that injury, but he's looking good to go. Looks like the, 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 looked like, looked like this bye week is exactly what he needed. And I think he'll be back, and I think he'll be able to do his thing. So I kind of like that this week. I think Christian McCaffrey can control this game. The 49ers are, what, eight-and-a-half-point favorites in this one, I think? Nine-and-a-half? Uh, nine and a half point favorites at home. Uh, I think I think that's gonna that's gonna be what the difference is. To be to be honest, like I think Christian McCaffrey is mm-hmm. gonna do his thing, um, and, and and we'll see. Like I do want to take a look. I haven't had a chance to take a look at this just yet, but I do want to see. You know, we've talked about the two high safety thing. You know, with Debo Samuel in those type of matchups, he just ends up you know going going off right. Um, yeah. So I did want to see you know how much too high the Packers play. Um, because that would be very, very significant. And they don't play a lot of too high. They play some of the most single high coverage there is. Fifth high, single high coverage. So that's not necessarily in Debo's wheelhouse. Not saying he can't do his thing. He can do his his thing in any game, but he doesn't have that extra advantage that he normally does. Okay. And that does it. I think that's going to do it for the show. Appreciate you guys. Next week, we're going to be dropping a Senior Bowl preview episode. Um, and we're probably going to be previewing the the AFC and NFC championship games as well going into next weekend. All right, guys, take it easy. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll be back next week. Take it easy. See you later. Bye-bye.